Welcome to Homilies Plus. I'm Deacon Adam Conk, and each week I'll share with you one of my homilies, plus a great unscripted conversation further exploring the scriptures with guests from around the world. Whether you're a devoted Catholic or exploring your faith, join us for an encounter with God's Word through the Holy Scriptures. This episode, you will hear my homily for the memorial of St. Vincent of Saragossa, deacon and martyr of the early church, along with the scripture readings for the third Tuesday of Ordinary Time, year two, taken from 2 Samuel chapter 6 for our first reading, and the gospel passage is Mark chapter 3, verses 31 through 35. After the homily, Braxton Callan will join us for a great conversation. Braxton and his wife Libby are the directors of Every and All Ministries, a Catholic nonprofit that sends missionaries into the world to fulfill the Great Commission through contemplative action, communal spiritual multiplication, and the power of the Holy Spirit. For whoever does the will of God is my brother and sister and mother. Today we celebrate the memorial of St. Vincent of Saragossa, an early church deacon who was martyred around the year 304, and he's usually third on the list of great deacons from the early church, all martyrs. St. Stephen, the first martyr, killed in Jerusalem for the Lord. St. Lawrence, martyred in Rome. And St. Vincent was the first Christian to be martyred in Spain, the Iberian Peninsula. And as we gather on the memorial of this great saint, Our scripture readings offer us a reflection on an essential aspect of Christian life, and that is the gift and the virtue of piety, something that St. Vincent had in abundance. Our Lord teaches us in the gospel today that whoever does the will of God is his family, his brother, his sister, his mother. And piety is that virtue by which we fulfill our obligations to our family with joy and reverence, and love. Justice means that we owe someone something, and we fulfill justice out of duty and obligation, which is a good thing. Those are not bad words. But when it comes to our family, our parents, first of all, but also our brothers and sisters, we have obligations that are not meant to be filled in a sterile environment and just duty alone, but rather the virtue of piety is that virtue by which we love to fulfill our obligations to our parents, to our brothers and sisters, to our children. The great gift of grace in Jesus Christ is that while we were sinners, our Heavenly Father who loves us gave us His only Son, His only family, to die for our sins so that you and I might become sons and daughters of God by adoption. Our Lord Jesus is the only Son by nature, but the Heavenly Father has a multitude of sons and daughters by adoption. And so we can call God our Father in an unheard of sense before our Lord Jesus. That is the same way that Jesus is family with God. You and I are family with God. When we fulfill our obligations to God, we call this part of justice, religion. It's the virtue by which we return to God that which is due to him as his creatures to the creator. 
But the gift of piety in being a Christian is that you and I who are sanctified and adopted in Jesus Christ through the waters of baptism, we're given the gift of the Holy Spirit of piety to animate our religion, to animate when we return to the Lord that which is due to him with love and filial devotion, with reverence. We see this in the first reading. As King David is bringing the ark of God into Jerusalem for the first time, and he's offering sacrifices, he's offering worship, he's blessing the people, he's doing things that are owed to God through the virtue of religion, but what marks his sacrifices is the clear joy and love and reverence that he has in those sacrifices. Because for God, who has saved David from Saul, who has saved David from the Philistines, who has saved David so many times, God is not a distant creator, but a close father. And David is animated by God's spirit in love and filial devotion to him. In our gospel today, our Lord is teaching this very important lesson as a crowd is gathering, he's preaching, and his family shows up. It's a great opportunity to teach those listening that the closest bond that Our Lady has to Jesus is not just flesh and blood, although that is a very close bond, but rather Our Lady is family with Jesus because she is also a daughter of the Heavenly Father by grace. She follows the will of God perfectly, just like he does. And whoever seeks after the will of God, the Father who loves us, Whoever seeks to fulfill that will with love and devotion is acting just like Jesus does. We are his brothers and sisters. St. Vincent had a great deal of piety. He was a gifted communicator and he was ordained a deacon by a bishop who was not. He had a speech impediment. It was difficult for him to talk, especially when he got nervous. So St. Vincent was ordained and became the mouthpiece of the bishop to preach the gospel, to teach in his name, to speak on his behalf. And when, we, when they were both arrested, St. Vincent asked his bishop for permission to continue to speak about Jesus and proclaim the kingdom, even in captivity and persecution and torture. And he was tortured in a variety of ways. He was scourged, stretched out on a rack, placed on a fiery griddle, just like Lawrence, burned with a hot iron, and he was tossed into a prison with a floor of broken glass. And all these sacrifices that God's will that he was following demanded of him, he fulfilled with piety, with love, devotion, and peace. So much so that his captors, the prisoners keeping him in that jail, many of them converted with the serenity and love and reverence with which St. Vincent fulfilled this sacrifice of his life. And so today, as we continue to celebrate St. Vincent and reflect on this great gift of piety, let us conclude with a prayer attributed to St. Vincent. Everlasting God, to whom all hidden things are revealed, who sent into the world your only begotten Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, conceived through the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, that he might take on himself the punishment of our sins and by his resurrection snatch us from the gates of hell, Grant to our hearts such steadfastness of faith that confessing Christ your Son, we may not perish, but be joined to him in the confession of your holy name. Amen.
All right, we're joined now by Braxton. And uh, Braxton, before we get into the conversation, tell me about yourself, about your ministry, about your family. Sure. So, um, Braxton Callant. Um, let's see, I got married about a year and a half ago to my lovely wife, Libby Callan, um, who's from Nebraska. And we started a, um, I guess, a missionary apostolate together where we are missionaries in a, um, in a parish in Lafayette, Louisiana, St. Leo the Great. And um, our mission is just really to evangelize the whole parish for the gospel. And so my background is I did um, focus. I was a missionary with focus after um, attending college at UL for three years and absolutely loved it. And then switched to family missions company and um, served out in Haiti for three years. Was with family mission company, family missions company for a total of like four years and uh, decided to move back to Acadiana and still do mission work in a, in a lower income area. So that's what we're doing. Quite a missionary resume there. Yeah. Well, it's once the Lord got me, man, it was. Uh, it was game over. I never thought I would do this, but yeah, God, he stole my heart and now I'm here. So, so we're actually at St. John restaurant in St. Martinville. Beautiful we just had a great meal. Mm-hmm. And we're sipping our coffee, having a conversation. And so I asked you to listen to the homily that just aired on the way here. Um, and then we'll have a conversation about it. So whatever you want to talk more about or questions you have or um, thoughts you have about the gospel, sure. jump in. Yeah, that sounds great. Well, first off, what is what is this podcast? Like, What, what are we doing right now? <laughs> well, the goal is to uh, dive into the Word of God. Or, another way to put it, to provide an encounter with Christ through the scriptures for those who are listening to this podcast mm-hmm. and in two ways. So one would be through an actual homily where um, through this uh, very not great homeless right here, the charism of, of preaching through the uh, sacrament of holy orders is given. But then also provide a platform mainly for lay people to give their thoughts on the scriptures, right? So we have ordained folks of homilies all the time mm-hmm. uh, and I know especially when I was a lay person sometimes you have thoughts mm-hmm. that need to come out and people need to hear yeah. that too even though you're not ordained so that's the other side of this the plus of the homilies plus is to have mm-hmm. a conversation with uh, somebody about their, their thoughts on the scriptures sure sure so today let's see um, remind me of the scripture it was when sure. Mary and um, let's see he had yeah. Remind me of it again? Yeah, so the uh, first reading was David before the ark. They were bring, going into Jerusalem for the first time, bringing the ark of the covenant in, and he was going nuts. He was dancing. He was mm-hmm. exuberant. He was getting really excited. Mm-hmm. Um, then the gospel, Jesus is teaching, and uh, big crowds there, and his mom and relatives show up, and they want to see him. So he takes the moment, and he turns and says, Who's my mom? Who's my brother? My sister. The one who does the will of God is my mother and brother and sister. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah. No, oh, thank you. Thank you for the refresher. I think this morning what stood out to me, particularly in prayer, was was the the one from David. Um, with David and just, uh, I was just kind of like struck and highlighted that when celebrating the Lord, there was just this, um, there were these physical things that they did in order to show really the community how important it was you know like having these huge festivals you know I think he sent everybody home with a raisin cake and a loaf of bread and something else yeah, that's awesome and, sounds and, uh, it does it does and just kind of uh, I don't know and just like I don't think anybody in the town would like I think everybody would have remembered that day that the Ark of the Covenant came um, not only because not only because the Ark of the Covenant came but also because of like the celebration and the the culture they built around it and uh and that's been a huge just i don't know just part of my prayer and heart recently is how do i build a culture at our parish of 
where we really get to like celebrate the Lord in the Eucharist and um, and how how do we do it in such a way where it's not I guess only in the liturgy that we um, that we are honoring our Lord, but how can we do these things? You know, even bringing it into our family, um, it really just like highlights the day, highlights the feast day, maybe highlights the saints day, um, and it really just allows us to remember. Um, what we're celebrating and why we're celebrating it. So, I love that insight because it brings the idea of piety to a different location, which is the festival. Mm-hmm. And how, you know, when when you're participating in a festival, so in Louisiana we know about festivals. There are certain things you have to do, mm-hmm. right? Like you have to. Um, so if you're going to Mardi Gras, you have to catch bees. You have to dress up. You have to be on a float. Like there are certain things that make Mardi Gras Mardi Gras. But when we do these things that we quote unquote have to do, it's not from a spirit of, let's say, obligation or drudgery, but really a spirit of devotion to the people. Not even the thing, right? Like Mardi Gras is really about the people at Mardi Gras. Festivals are about the people who are at the festival. But we, we fulfill what the thing is about with a spirit of like love and interest and uh and care. I think we're good. Yeah, okay. Thank you so much. Uh, yeah, so so that piety at the festival seems like a like a school of piety really mm-hmm. the festival. This like event that mm-hmm. happens in a town. Yeah. And I think and maybe that's what I'm getting at. It's just I was praying with how can I be pious outside of the context of just going to mass. You know, how can I and how can I be how can I foster that love of Christ in my family and my children? Um, I guess just like at home, like how we how we celebrate, like how we fast. Um, because you know, a lot of times like kids aren't going to remember always like what you tell them but they're going to remember a lot of times like the symbolism around what you're doing whether you're you know whether you have an advent wreath and you're lighting this candle and you see that it's a different color you know they may not remember the explanation why but they'll they'll see the candle and they'll that'll that'll help with their memory and that'll it just helps with the, the actual learning and integrating our faith in every aspect of our life and so um, it's been a big conversation for my wife and i just how do we how do we really live liturgically you know like how can we do that and how can we one, allow us to enter in more deeply into the church's um, liturgy, but also how to, how to raise kids in that, too. And just that's, that's probably the main motivation behind it is, is how do we, uh, yeah, just like every, allow every season of the church to really disciple our kids into the, going deeper in the mysteries of Christ. Um, and it seems like there's a precedent in the Old Testament of how, yeah, when there was a big day or a festival or a feast, like they did everything, not just the liturgy, but everything outside of that was also just wrapped around and in adoration of our Lord and, um, and had significance. So. Well, it seems like piety became a converting factor. Mm-hmm. So I'm talking to Homley about St. Vincent, um, some of his jailers were converted because of his piety, because mm-hmm. when he did the very difficult things that God asked him to do. Uh, he did it with love and devotion and patience. And uh, there's this glow in his jail cell at night when he would pray. And this is what moved them. It wasn't even so much that he was sacrificing his life for a God that they didn't know. It was that he, he was so happy doing it. He had such a love in his heart. And, and uh, So it really was piety that moved people to conversion. And, um, and essentially with our families, you know, like over time, it's our piety that's really going to move the hearts of our children. I mean, it's what converted me, right? I mean, when I was 
when I was in college, you know, I just, uh, there were some focused missionaries that ended up, well, I guess to back up, I, I'd had a conversion before, um, before I went to college, I went to a camp called Camp Copress, a life team camp out in Georgia, and just had a very powerful, radical encounter with the Lord um, in adoration, and just felt His presence for the first time. Um, and it was just super powerful. But when I went to college, I um, I got just consumed in a culture of just you know structure of sin. I joined a fraternity and was just not a lot around a whole lot of holy people. And when I went to my Newman Center at UL, um, I remember running into you guys because I was seeking my faith. I was like trying to go to mass and I was really trying to like find good community. That was actually really important to me. I signed up for Camp Wisdom when I when I went and. Uh, and I remember meeting these two guys, and they were playing Game Boy, and they had this connector, and they were playing they were playing Pokemon. And I remember just thinking, man, I am in the wrong place, you know. <laughs> um, and you know what? They probably weren't getting drunk. They probably weren't, uh, you know, doing a lot of these sins that I was struggling with. But what evangelized me was not people that weren't sinning. What evangelized me was was people that had an authentic love and an authentic joy, and were truly living a good, holy, moral life, but also that were joyful and just like had amazing friendships and were deep and profound. And so Pride is, you know, when I, when I, missionaries came to my campus when I was a junior and there's a guy particularly named John Merkel, who was just an amazing man that uh, was normal and he loved to play sports and work out, but was just a very holy man that was incredibly joyful. Um, honestly, his friendships were like way better than my friendships, you know? And, uh, and he truly cared about me, enough to tell me the truth, enough to walk with me and, and, and really sacrifice with me. And, uh, you know, I think ultimately piety is what, is what really converted the, my pagan heart, you know, and converted me back and really won me back to the gospel. Um, so I couldn't agree more. I mean, I think piety is, I mean, we, we can't just do, we can't just be, uh, just follow the letter of the law. We have to, we have to follow the spirit of the law. We have to, um, we have to have true charity and true love in our hearts. I just, yeah, I pray that I have that, and that's something that we're constantly striving towards, you know. Well, I think your thoughts on piety as a gift. So it is one of the gifts of the Holy Spirit, which means it's not something we do for ourselves necessarily. Mm -hmm. Like, you can't work yourself into Christian piety. Mm -hmm. The virtue of piety I can cultivate, which is a, on that human level, I can nurture my love for my parents, my brothers and sisters, and my God with, like, filial devotion. Mm -hmm. Sure. But there's a... There's a, a divine power of piety that as Christians we're given that really does it, right? So that, that really moves hearts. Because like, we're not going to convert anybody. The Holy Spirit's going to convert people. And um, so anyway, I would love to hear your thoughts. On, like, for example, in the Gospel, Jesus says, uh, the one who does the will of my Father, the will of God is, is my mother, brother, sister. Um, this, this reality that God loves us and his will for us, which is total love for us, uh, is to be his sons, be his daughters. And if we accept that reality, but also pray to live that way, pray for the gifts of the Holy Spirit, which makes it possible to live that way, then this like whole dimension of piety, beyond human piety, divine piety, uh, God's enjoyment of His Son and the Son's enjoyment of the Father becomes our enjoyment of God. Um, anyway, I know you've had a lot of experience uh, honoring the Holy Spirit and like how the Holy Spirit's not tameable. It's not like we can make the Holy Spirit do anything. But piety is one of those gifts that we desperately need. Yeah, I think for me it's been... Um I don't know why this was so profound for me, but it was probably four or five years ago where I discovered that like I could actually just like pray for virtue and the God could just like give it to me. You know, it was just like such a grace because there was times where 
you know, I learned that, okay, virtue is how we become like Christ, right? This is how we conform to his image um, and his likeness, mainly his likeness. And so I was like, all right, I was super big on like, I need to grow in virtue, I need to grow in virtue, which is a really good thing. Um, but it was really hard, you know, it was just really hard to just, um, to stir it up on my own efforts. And, uh, and then I realized one day, man, I can actually like, there's actually certain virtues that you can really only get through prayer and through asking the Lord to, Hey, can you just pour this on me? And, um, and so, yeah, I mean, one of the things I do every morning is I've been praying the litany of humility and, uh, yeah, just like this sense of like, Lord, like I need your help to attain this virtue. Like I really need your help. Like I'm going to try, I'm going to give my efforts, but like I am just in desperate need of you. And how, for me, how much of a grace and a gift that is to just, I know that I can pray for virtue and he can just, he can just instill it in me. Um, because yeah, there's no way I could do this. So that was one, one really big thing with particularly with piety and particularly with love that I've, that I've constantly prayed for. You know, they, I forget, I don't know, this is probably speculative, but some people uh, have told me before that with the three theological virtues, that usually there's one you're lacking in, the two that you're kind of naturally strong in, and then one you're lacking in. And, um, and I've done kind of a, you know, examine with that, and I think mine is love. And so, man, mine is, big one. Mine is God himself. Dang it. Um, and so just to, you know, go before the Lord and just humbly say, hey, this is... This is my deficiency, and I need you. I need you to give me this because I'm gonna bear no good witness unless you give me this grace of, of actually loving my brothers and sisters. So it's awesome, well, Braxton. Thanks for the conversation today. Um, remind us how to find uh, you and your ministry. Sure. So uh, we started an organization called Every and All. So you can just go to everyandall.org, um, or you can come by St. Leo's. We got a 10:30 mass, and uh, we'll be after. We'll be hanging out after. So awesome. Thanks for having me. Thank you.